Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We're learning Maseches Yevamos, Daf Samechei, and we're starting four lines down on the page. Yesterday, we spoke about a discussion, a global discussion that applies here. The global discussion was about Chazaka. Do we establish Chazaka in two occurrences, therefore, the third above and beyond? Or do we say that it's three occurrences to establish a chazaka. We had concluded that when it comes to marriage, that two occurrences establishes a chazaka. And on that note, the Gemara picks up and says as follows, A woman marries man number one, and they are together for 10 years, no children. She marries a second man, and they as well don't have children for 10 years. She should not marry the third man. It's not right for her to, it's not her iser, it's his bitl assay, but it's not right for her to marry a man who doesn't have children because there's still a mitzvah of pruervu. She's already established her chazaka after two occurrences that she's probably not fertile. And therefore, it's not right for her to marry a man unless that man has already fulfilled the mitzvah of pruervu. If, in fact, she marries a man that doesn't yet have children, namely, she's causing by marrying him that he's going to be mevatel the mitzvah saseh, because halachically speaking, she's past the line of chazaka. She's already married two men and she didn't have kids. We assume she's the one who's infertile. She made an error. She didn't inform him of the fact that she's sterile. And therefore, she should be divorced and she does not get the money for the ksuba. Asks the Gemara, what if she did something wrong? What if, in fact, she married the third man, and she didn't have children the third time? What about going back in time? Uh, what about the men who paid her ksuba? The first two men she married when they got divorced, they paid her ksuba. So now they're saying, look, this is ridiculous. We now see that you have long-term been sterile. For 30 years, you've been to give me my money back. You were the problem, not me. You were the problem, so therefore I want my money back. So what would be the din of the first husbands saying, it's not fair that I paid you, and therefore give me, uh, give me my money back. So the Gemara responds, me matza, the Gemara articulates the question, I should say, we see from here that you then are the one who caused for uh, me not having a child. Or do we say that now you're really the one, um, that you're, you only became ill right now, and therefore it wasn't a retroactive issue. You only became sick right now. So says the Gemara, we're able to say that only now did she become, uh, did she become sterile, but really in theory, it could have been the husband's problems for the earlier two husbands. Iboyaluhu, halfway down on Samachem, and Aleph a little bit more, the Gemara says, Nises let's say she gets married to a fourth man, and Shitaka does have children. So she breaks the stereo, the stereotype. Now we see she breaks the Chazaka and she has children. The third husband, we had said a couple of lines ago that the third husband, that he doesn't have to pay a ksuba. But now that we see that she's able to have children, the third husband really divorced her without aksuba for no good reason. Because if the third husband divorced her for no aksuba, and then with the fourth husband, she has a child, now we know that it's not her problem, that it's his problem. He should have given her aksuba. So can they go back in time for her to collect money from that husband? Amrin and the Gemara says, Amrin and we say to her, say to her as follows. Your silence is better than your speech. This 
This is a beautiful line in general. Your silence is better than your speech. We should write it all over the place. This has been a big muster throughout Shas. We've seen this many, many times over that uh, saying less is in effect saying more. So the Gemara here says, you're, you, this is not a good claim. So again, let's remember the case. This woman married a fourth husband. The first three husbands, 30 years, goes, go, 30 years go by and no kids. Fourth husband, they get married right away. Nine months later, she has a baby. So now we see that she wasn't the problem. The husbands were the problem. So she wants to go back to the previous husband for whom he did not give her her, her ksuba money. And she says, oh, it wasn't me. It was you. Give me my ksuba money. And the Gemara says, you shouldn't say anything about this. The husband can then say, forget it. Our divorce wasn't valid because you knowing that you're now able to have kids, I never would have divorced you. And retroactively, we're not divorced. And this new kid that she's now having is a mamzer. So the Gemara says, you, you should just, uh, please don't talk. The Gemara basically says, because you're going to cause yourself a big problem. The Gemara says, what do you mean? Please don't talk. Whether or not she says anything, it's a problem because it means that the whole get was on the on the fact that she wasn't able to have kids. But now that she has kids, of course, the husband wouldn't have divorced her. Of course not. So says the Gemara. That's the, the Gemara's question. Maske flora papa, two lines before the wide lines. Even if she's quiet, so what? We're going to be quiet. We know why she divorced that husband. We know what was, why the husband divorced her because he thought she was sterile. They're wrong. So the whole get is undone. Nimsa get batel. It's a big problem. Says the Gemara, Ella Amrina, and we make a halachic assumption. Now, now she got healed. Whatever her issue was for the previous three husbands, we assume was a problem, and it healed by this husband and all as well. So therefore, we don't assume that the children are mamzerim. What about who Amar Mina? He says it's from her, but he Amra Mine, and she says it's his fault. They're blaming each other for the fertility issues. Says the Gemara, Amar Rebbe Ami, Dvarim Shebeino Leveino. When it comes to the he said, she said version of the sterility of one or the other, says the Gemara, Neemenes. Neemenes is in the feminine. We believe her. We don't believe him. So why? That she should be believed over him. Why does one thing have to do with the other? So says the Gemara, there's a subtlety that she knows that he doesn't know. What is this subtlety? Says the Gemara, why do we believe her over him? Because during Tash Meshamita, she can sense the following. He She can verify that during Tash Meshamita, that the Zera projects into her body literally like an arrow, but it means that she can sense the projection of the zera, but who lo kim he doesn't have the he doesn't know how the zera is projecting into the body. He doesn't know, but she can tell. So therefore, we trust her. Omar Ihu, if he says, hey, hey, wait one second, we've been married for 10 years, but you know what? I don't want to give you a get because maybe you're the problem and maybe I'm not the problem. So he gives an idea. He says, Azel, I'm going to go in Sivitza. I'm going to go marry another woman, and I'll check and see if I'm the problem. But I don't want to give you a ksuba yet, a couple of $10,000. I don't want to pay for that money for you. I'm not, I'm not ready to make that expense. So is he allowed to trap her effectively for the next 10 years and saying, it may not be me. It may be, it may not be, it may, it may not be me. So it may be used. How can he verify that it's not him? He can marry another woman, not pay the ksuba, keep the first woman trapped because halakhically he can marry two women. So woman, number one, it's been 10 years and she says, I, I, I'm out, I want a ksuba. And he says, I don't want to give you a ksuba because maybe it's a din in me and not a din in you. Let me see, let me see. So he wants to marry another woman. Is that allowed? So this is a machlokas. Amar Rabbi Ami, two lines from the bottom on Samachayim and Aleph. It's not right to do that, to hold her back 
for another 10 years. That's not appropriate. And he should give a ksuba. Shani Omer, because Rabbi Ami was of the opinion, when one is marrying woman number, number two over his wife, and what's missing from the Gemara is that it's against her will. She doesn't desire this. It's not a normal case scenario. She deserves to be divorced under the circumstances halachically. Therefore, however, Rava disagrees. Rava Omer, no, that's a totally fine solution. No, say Adam Kaman He's allowed to marry other women, and that is not, not problematic. The Meforshim here take out the words al ishto, according to some of the Meforshim, that should not be here at all. He can marry as many women as he wants. He is allowed to marry as many women as he wants, provided that he can provide for them. But if a person is destitute, then you cannot marry many women. That's not the right way to go. So that was a machlokas here about whether or not a husband can, as a, as a way to test himself, if a husband can marry another woman to see if, in fact, it is he who is infertile, machlokas in the Amorai. That brings us to the top of Daf Samachem and Bez. A couple more uh, mini sugyas here about whether or not we trust the husband or trust the wife. Who Amar Iplas Bigo Eser? The husband says that the wife actually miscarried within the 10 years, which as we learned the other day would restart the count. So let's say that she had a miscarriage in year two of their marriage. So then the marriage doesn't end at year 10, it ends at year 12 because we restart the count from the mapala from the loss of the child. He amra lo iplis, and she said, "I did not do that." So says the Gemara, "Amra bami We trust the woman here. Why do we trust the woman? Dim isa pila because had it been that in fact she miscarried, so then nafsha be'akarta lo machzika. Then it doesn't make sense that she would have ever said that because what ended up happening is she ended up being a sterile wife after ten years instead of after twelve. She shortened her own marriage. And that's not an assumption that we would make. What about a case of hipila? Rahman al-Itzlana, where a woman miscarries. And then v'chazra v'hipila, v'chazra v'hipila. If a woman has three miscarriages in a, in a row, halachically speaking, she's We therefore assume that she is likely to have this occur again. It's a chazaka. If a woman miscarries three times in a row, we assume that she's What if the husband and wife don't agree to the number of nefalim? Who Omar Apila Trey? He says that she had two miscarriages. He Amra Tlas, and she says three. So, who do we trust? We trust her. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak ben Elazar Uvda have a Bay Medrasha. This actually happened in his base Medrash, where Nebuch, one of the one of the Kolalite, he comes to the base Medrash and. You know, three cycles in a row. He says we've worked whatever three uh, birthing processes in a row. He says to his rebbe three times in a row, my wife has miscarried. So says the Gemara, the Amri Himehem. Now we trust her and not him. Why? Why do we trust her? Because the evidence that she is providing, the, the testimony that she's saying works against her. If she says, like the Gemara says over here, that she says that she had three, then what happens when she says that she had three miscarriages? She's And if she's saying that, we believe her because it's, there's no benefit to her saying that unless it's true. And therefore, she is ne'emens. That brings us to the next Mishnah, which is on the top of Samachem. It is about 10 lines down. And this Mishnah highlights a fascinating machlokas tonight. Up until now, and probably if you've never learned Yuvamos like me, uh, for all of my life, I assumed that there was never really much of a debate about who was chayv in the mitzvah pruervu. This Mishnah is a Mishnah that I should have known as a kid, and I didn't know it. Ha'ish mitzuva al-peri of rivya aval lo ha'isha. The Tanakhama is of the opinion that a man, and only a man, is obligated in the mitzvah of pru'ervu, but women are not. Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka Omer al-shnehem, 
It's true about both of them. Why? Al shnehim who omer on both men and women. What does the Torah say? By elokim, yomer lohem elokim peru urvu. You, the two of you, need to go be fruitful and multiply. And it, it, it's not a question of the mechanics that it takes two people. It's what the Pasuk says in Chumash. It doesn't say to Adam, you, you need to go be fruitful. It says to everybody. Very compelling. Very compelling. Mm-hmm. Very compelling. It, we'll see in the Gemara that there is a machlokas if we passed in like this. Like it, it, into the Amoraim already. It was a real conversation. We're, by us, it's like we assume already it's a, you know, kind of a slam dunk. And it is halachically a slam dunk. In Shulchan Aruch, it's like this. What? It's easy. I look for a little doubt. Yeah. Case is closed. Yeah. <laughs> But when we see the Shaklavatari of the Gemara, we'll see that there was really a conversation about this. From where does the Tanakama get his opinion that the mitzvah of Pruervu is only by men and not by women? So the Gemara provides two answers. The Gemara first says, You should fill the land and conquer it. Ish darko It is the way of a man to do conquering. isha darko But it's not the way of a woman to do conquering. Historically speaking, you go look at all the armies; they were all men. Uh, there, were, there were no women in the early armies of the early years. Now we have some exceptions to that around the globe. The women are uh, great, got it, but that's not the way things were. It was not the derech of a woman to do kibush. So therefore, the Gemara says it must therefore be that the mitzvah of pruervu, when it says shuha, that it must be that it is a man's job to be malayasaretz, and therefore the mitzvah only applies to men. Says the Gemara, Adirabo. that's not a good argument. I could look at that pasuk and say the exact opposite. How so? shuha. Plural. It doesn't say the kavash or whatever whatever would have been in the future. It says it seems to be plural. It says the Gemara, it does look that way. It does sound that way. However, it's written in the singular and it's written chaser, and therefore we can still assume that it is only the mitzvah of one and that is the mitzvah of the man. However, Rav Yosef provides a second response to the Gemara's question. We had asked Minohani Mili, how do we know that, uh, according to the Tanakhama, that only men are chayv in the midst of Pruervu? And Rav Yosef, Amar Mehacha, Ani Kel Shakai Pirei Urvei, Viloka Amar Piru Urvu. So here we see a different uh, use of the words Pruervu, and there the Gemara says Pruervei, and therefore it's not plural. The Gemara is now going to go on a tangent because we quoted. Uh, because we quoted Ravi Law in the name of Rebbe Lazar, we're going to quote a couple of Ma'amarim that have really nothing to do with our sugya at all. We're a third of the way down on Samachem with Beis. We're going to go to the end of the Parakamir Hashem on the top of Samachbab. Just like in regards to the mitzvah of Tochacha, it's considered a mitzvah to share information with someone who's willing to listen. It's also a mitzvah for a person to not speak when their words will not be heard. So sometimes you have the bull in the china shop. They share everything about everyone, all the chesronos. That's not a mitzvah. That's probably an avera. And then you have someone who might be too bashful. If someone's filling or not straight and you don't want to say anything, you want to hurt their feelings. The maisa, if the person's a normal person, their tefillin aren't straight, they're going to say thank you when you're done. It's just to help them. So we have to know who's who. It's not always so simple to know. Tefillin is usually an easy one, but it's not always so simple to know. But either way, there's a mitzvah to speak when, when you think you will be heard. And there is um, there is a mitzvah to not speak. Your silence is itself a mitzvah. 
Rabbi Abba Omer Chova. It's not just a mitzvah, it's also a chova. As the Pasuk says, Al Tochach Leitz Pen Eka. Do not criticize a Leitz, a person who's, um, you know, they're not so from, because they may end up hating you. But you should give the constructive feedback to a wise person, it will make him love you. That was statement number two of his. The first one that we saw was about uh, this one was about the mitzvah of Tochacha. And here is another comment halfway down. Same person. This is the famous word in the Gemara that one is allowed to change things. We're allowed to lie for the sake of Shalom. And the, the text proofs that are brought here are all scriptural. They're all scriptures. It's not like a svara. It's literally examples from, from Navi and from Chumash. It says the Gemara Shanemar Avicha Tziva Begomer when uh, every, all of the brothers were talking to Yosef. It says that your father commanded us to tell you Kotomulu Yosef on a son of Echule that you need to forgive us. That's not actually what what uh, Yaakov said to the brothers. They lied, but they lied Mipnei Hashalom. That's the famous story of Aaron Akoin. He would always do the the couples counseling. He'd go to the wife and say your husband's contrite. He really feels bad. He'd go to the wife and says your wife apologized. She's really ready to work things out. Then they'd all get together, and that's why there were so many children in Klaishon named Aaron because there was Oyev Shalom Rodev Shalom. Fine, but that the Gemara says that's mutter to do that under under those circumstances. Next, Reb Nason Omer Mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to lie under those circumstances. The Kodesh Baruch Hu said to him, you go get yourself anointed. He's like, go get myself anointed. I'm going to get killed. So what does the rest of the Pasuk say over here? Hashem says, you're absolutely right. I'll read the rest of the Pasuk inside. Vayomer Hashem. <coughs> Let's make a ruse. Go with an animal. Lie. Go ahead and lie. Tell them that you're going to go do a korban, Hashem says to Shmuel. Debei Rabbi Shmuel Tana, two lines before the wide lines on Samachem at base, he says, Gadol HaShalom Shav HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shinabo. Even HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed it. This is a famous example. Adoni She, Sarah, said that her husband uh, was an old man. Ulvesov Ksiv Va'ani Zakanti. That I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu quoting her, that she herself was the one. That's a, a, a absolutely black on white example of what did not happen. She, it's Pasha to lie. So the Gemara says, it's not just that it's mutter, it's actually a mitzvah. There are scenarios in which lying is it. That's why some of the Mephorshim write, not here, but elsewhere, is that when the Torah speaks about lying, it doesn't say, lo sishaker. It doesn't say like it does by lo signovu, lo sinaf, those are clear, don't do this. But by the, this, we had just had in a couple of weeks ago, Parsha, it's midvar sheker tirchak. So because it's midvar sheker tirchak, it's a, a workaround language. It's not glut. So therefore, the Mepharshim say, you should keep a distance, but sometimes you don't keep a distance. So because there, that's why the language is not losa sheker. So all the members have in common is the kikaribs. Yeah, the problem is that if you're like a real vigilante for peace, you could take it too far. You, not everything is a mutter lie or a mitzvah to lie. You have to know, if you put yourself in a bad situation because you made it, you can't like, do something wrong and then lie about it to someone because you that's not right. So we have to make sure that we're not like abusing the power to lie. It's, there's halachas, obviously, shachs and tazas. There's like real halachas about when you're allowed to lie. Uh, people talk about this in regards to, you know, uh, diagnoses for medical conditions. You're like, are you allowed to lie? Somebody, when I was in YU, I remember though, the rabbi used to say like all the time, like you'd come back from a date and people would be like, oh, were you on a date? And maybe you don't want to tell that person. So my rabbi said, you could just say, nope. How was your night? Just total lie, like, like right through your teeth, no problem. And that's mutter. You can't extort me by asking me a question against my will. I don't want to share that with you. That's not called lying. That's called you're rude. And don't ask me questions that are personal. 
That's nothing to do with anything. That's just, you could just say no, just outright flat out lie. It's not a lie. You have no right to ask me that question. So therefore it's not a lie. That's not right. So these figures come up, but they're not all like clear. Some of them are clear, like the examples in the Gemara. Some of them are clear. Like if a husband's going to insult a wife, you can tell the wife he didn't say, you know, he said you're beautiful. Okay, say there. That's better than saying that you're not beautiful, right? So you can lie a little bit. It's a, it's Hillel and Shammai. Kala noah No, Kala Kamoshi, he's a big machlokas. So you're supposed to be lying. It's just, it can't be abused. There has to be, you have to ask Shailas about these things. Okay, one more sugya for the night, which is the second sheet and the Mishnah. Our Mishnah had said the second sheet was Rav Yochanan ben Baroka, who said that the mitzvah of Pruervu applies to both people. Says the Gemara, first of the long lines, Rav Yochanan ben Baroka Omer, itmar machlokes, Rav Yochanan Rav Yeshua ben Levi, Chadamar halachak Rav Yochanan ben Baroka. Wow, one sheet that says that we talk a whole like Rav Yochanan ben Baroka, that there is a mitzvah of Pruervu for both men and women. And some say we do not pask in that way, but rather like the Tanakhama. We can conclude that within the Amoraim, who are trying to understand our Mishnah, that Rav Yochanan, Tisayim, the Rav Yochanan Hudamar Ein Halacha, in quotes, that the Shita of, uh, of Ein Halacha, Rav Yochanan ben Baroka, seemingly Rav Yochanan, the Amora, doesn't agree with Rav Yochanan ben Baroka. How do we know? The Yasi Rabbi Abahu, Rabbi Abahu, who was very close to the Caesar at this time in history, and that will come up in a couple of minutes. Yasi Rabbi Abahu, Bekaamar Mishmed, Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha, quote, he said that, no, halacha, we do follow the halacha of Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. Really, there is a mitzvah pruervu for both men and for women. And what happened after, um, after Rabbi Abo said that? Rabbi Ami and Rabbi just simply turned their heads away, almost to show their disagreement. They weren't verbal about it because Rabbi Abo was, was, uh, was high up in the ranks in, in the Caesar's palace. So he couldn't be in a scenario where they were going to disrespect Rabbi Abo. <laughs> they would have killed him. So Rabbi Ami and Rabbi they just kind of like, that's right. They just kind of turn their head a little bit. So then the Gemara says the story might be a little bit different. Baraba was the one who said that that was the halacha. And then it wasn't Rabbi Abba, it was Rabbi Baraba. So then Rabbi Papa says that doesn't make sense. I could understand according to version number one of our Gemara, where Rabbi Abba was the one who posited that maybe we hold like Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, and then Rabbi Ravasi turned their faces away. Because Rabbi Abba was a chash of a when it comes to this world of the, of the Caesar, so they weren't willing to say anything against him. But Rabbi Abba wasn't close to the Caesar. So because that's true, if he was the one to say it, forget the turning of the heads. You're just wrong. So the only way that it makes sense to say this story where with Rabbi Nervasi turning their head is if the person speaking was Rabbi Abba, who they for whom they had to have a tremendous level of deference, not only because of him, but because... He was very high up in the food chain. Anyways, my Havayala, how do we paskin Lamaisa? Do we paskin like the Tanakama that the mitzvah pruervu only is for husbands? Or do we paskin like the Shita Rav Yochanan ben Baroka that the mitzvah pruervu is both for men and for women? The Gemara responds almost halfway through the wide lines, Toshma, the Amr Rabbi Achabar Chanina, Amr Rabbi Abo, Amr Rabasi, Uvda Hava, Kamed Rabbi Yochanan, Bechnishta de Kesari. There's a story that took place with Rabbi Yochanan in the in the in Beis Knesset in the community of of Kesar. And what did he paskin? He said he need to give her her ksuba. So the Gemara infers from here. If you're going to say that she's not required, ksuba maya vidita. What's the what are you giving her ksuba for? If she's not obligated, she shouldn't get a ksuba. Pick one. 
So therefore, the Gemara says, no, maybe, maybe there was something else going on. It wasn't just about this. Maybe there wasn't about Purva, it was about something else. What would be an example of this something else? So the Gemara gives a couple of examples that are similar. There was a woman who came before Ravami in the Bezdin, and she said to her husband, you need to give me a ksuba. So Omar La, Zil, get out of here. Lo Mifkidas, you don't have the same commandment as I do by Purvu. I don't owe you anything. Omar Le, Misibu Dila, what's going to happen when I get old? My Tehave Allah, Itza, what's going to be with this woman referring to herself? Who's going to take care of me? I, I, I want to have kids, get, I want to get married. I would get me my Ksuba so I can go get married. But it's not even that. Like there was a second issue where it wasn't just about Purvu, it was the logistics of being old and wanting to have someone to take care of you. So it says the Gemara, that turned the tides. Omar, Kiha, Vadai Kafina. And that's enough of a reason to force him to pay. So maybe it wasn't. Um, uh, like purely and altruistically, specifically about this one topic of Puru, but there were secondary factors that forced them to give the tzuba. <laughs> so maybe Rav Yochanan really doesn't hold that the din applies to both of them. As well, and similarly, you're not commanded in Puru, you get no tzuba. She says back to him in the Bezdin, doesn't this woman need a walking cane or a shovel for her burial? Again, referring to herself, it's not just about the mitzvah Puru. There's logistical things that I need. I want have kids for that reason as well, says the Gemara. Omar kiha vada kafina. There as well, we do force uh, him to pay the ksuba. So at this point, it's not really conclusive, but it's certainly not definite that we would hold that the mitzvah applies to both. And uh, we obviously paskin, uh, we paskin that the halacha is that the mitzvah only applies to one. We're going to skip um, uh, the next line approximately, and we're going to begin with Yehudis. The Gemara here should not have had this text in the middle, so it seems from the Kisveyad. And the Gemara continues four lines from the bottom in the middle of the line. Yehudis, the bisu de Rebchia, Yehudis, the wife of Rebchia, had terrible labor pains. So she did what every wife would do. Shunaimana, she changed her clothes. She put on some type of costume and she went to Ravchia, who's her husband, to go ask Ashila as though she was not his wife. So she took her regular clothes and she dressed up in a way where Ravchia didn't recognize her. And Amra, it's a Mifkada Apiri Verivia. And Yehudis went over to Ravchia, her husband, and she, whatever, I don't know what she did to modulate her voice. Uh, Do women have a chiyuv in the mitzvah of Pru or Vu? Says the Gemara that Ravchia responded to his wife, although he didn't know it was his wife, Amar La, Lo. Women don't have a mitzvah pruvu. No problem. Ozla, ishtia sama de akarta. And she drank a medication that sterilized her. She was no longer able to have children. So it says the Gemara, the Sophie Glai Milsa. All of a sudden, everything got revealed. And then Rabbi Huda, uh, not Rabbi Huda, Rabbiya found out that really this was Yehudis and that she drank this potion that made her uh, made her sterile. Omar lay. I wish you would have given me one more womb's worth of children. The Gemara picks up on this weird language. So womb's worth of children, says the Gemara, you, you don't know how many kids they had and how they had them because they already had two sets of twins. The Amar, Mar, Mar says, he had two brothers who were, tw- he had two children who were twins, Yehud and Chizkiah, those were the boys. And Pazi, Vitavi, if you're looking for girls' names, these are girls' names that were used in the times of the Amorim, Pazi and Tavi, says the Gemara. I actually know a boy named Tavi, but I don't think that things have changed, apparently. So Pazi, Tavi, Achlisa, those were the girls. And uh, he thought that he was going to get another keres, another, another uterus full of babies, another set of twins. That was his assumption. So that was his not. He, he, the Gemara doesn't seem to 
sharply criticize her for what she did, but other than to say, I wish we could have had more kids. We already yelled to the Mitzvah two boys, two girls, done. But uh, she did that on her own. Okay. This raises a lot of shilas about hysterectomies and raises shilas about tying tubes. So the urologist that I work with for adult circumcisions, he does this procedure for men. He does, um, no, what's it called? Vasectomy. Vasectomies. So, um, I mean, you can't do it for a year. That's not allowed. For, that's not allowed. I hear him on the radio advertisements all the time. Many reasons I don't listen to radio. <laughs> among the many reasons, among the many reasons. So I've never, I mean, I don't have patients who request that. It's not like my job. I, for, for me, for adults, it's just circumcision. But his clinic does vasectomy. So what happens if you're a urologist and you have a Yiddish patient who says you have to give care equally to all your patients, but you know they're Jewish? It's not partial. It's not partial. Anyways, oh, that's what the... Huh? <laughs> I, it's, it's just not simple like i is that a reason i'm not speaking halachically is that a reason to not be a urologist i don't know i just there's a percentage of people who are jewish uh, out there and uh, you know when when jacob schwartz comes in and he says i want to have a vasectomy i already had my 1.2 kids i'm done You're so then the, you have to put on the form you will not wear any jewish necklaces and you will not identify your name yeah don't tell me who you are. Ignorance is bliss. Call the parish meruba parish. Credit card number and that's all. So then the Gemara says, wait one second. Are you really saying that women aren't obligated in the midst of Purvu? After all, says the Gemara, there was a story where that was not the case. Where the, he, where the master forced her to become a baschorin in order that she could actually get married. That's what Rashi says on the top line. Because Rabbah forced them to do this, it therefore appears, says Rashi, that Mifkada, that she does have the tzivui of uh, a pruorvu. So it says the Gemara, it's not true. It's not true. That's not why they forced her into, into getting uh, into getting shikhrur. Says the Gemara, Amar Avnachman Rayitzak Minag Hefker Nagu. While people were mistreating this woman. So take a look at Rashi. Rashi Minhag Hefker Nagu Ba because she wasn't able to get married. Atzma. She she couldn't get married, but she wanted to be Mishamish Mitasa. So she made herself into uh, into a a zona of sorts. The Chotimba, people were doing Averis with her. Oh, but it wasn't because of Purvu, it was because of Avera, totally different. Hadran Allah Chabal Yivim Tobar Hashem, we finished another parak in Maseches Yivamas. We should come back to this daf in seven and a half years and uh, with the base of Mikdash, absolutely. Uh, we'll stop here tonight. Uh, just a reminder that on Shabbos, daf Yomi will be after the 2.30 Mincha, only no late daf Yomi, just only after the, the 2.30 Mincha. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.